Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Last week we started a new a, a new study on strengthening our families and making our families uh, better off and helping our... Uh, this is kind of a uh, first aid kit for families that are going through difficulty and struggles. And, and so we talked about uh, the Shema last week. You remember uh, uh, us talking about that? That was the expression that's found in Deuteronomy that every Jewish family focuses on. They uh, have it on in, at their door, doorsteps, at the uh, entranceway of their home. They have a little scroll that goes into a little uh, box that sits on the side of their, uh, their house. And, and they also, a lot of the very uh, traditional Jews, they will have this phylactery that they'll put in between their head, uh, forehead or on their hand when they go to pray and, and uh, go to the temple. And so uh, uh, and that, that passage of Scripture is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it says basically uh, uh, these words. It says, uh, uh, O Israel, uh, know that your Lord uh, God, uh, that your God is one Lord, that you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. Uh, that is the primary gist of the Shema. That's what every Jewish person would recite every week. That's what every Jewish person would uh, have a part of their life. And again, like I said, you can find it uh, there in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it is a statement that, uh, that all Jewish people... Uh, Understand it's Deuteronomy 6, verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe it to do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, verse 4. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Um, and it is a commandment that is, uh, was given by Moses to the children of Israel. Uh, it was a kind of summation of all of the commandments of God, and it was what God intended for the people of Israel to know and understand as they were moving into the promised land, as they were going into the land that God had uh, 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 desired to give them from the time of Abraham. And Moses was telling them uh, because he couldn't go in there with them. He couldn't be there. And... You know, we talked about that and how so many families have that turned upside down. They have their children, their family, as uh, and their own interest as the thing that's most important in their life. And we talked about how we needed to flip that and we needed to make the God uh, the most important thing in our life. When we make God the first and foremost thing in our life. We can understand, uh, we can know what God desires for us. We can uh, have His guidance. We can have His blessings on our life. And so we looked at that last week. This week I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. We'll be looking there uh, this week. And kind of keep in mind what we talked about last week in Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's important as well. 
Uh, as you're finding your place there in Matthew chapter 22, I want to ask you a question that, uh, and we've all done this. We've all, <coughs> we've all gone somewhere and forgotten uh, something. We all go places and leave things behind by mistake. Uh, in today's world with uh, the importance of cell phones to so many people's lives. Uh, it's rare to find somebody forgetting their cell phone, but one thing they will forget is they'll forget their charger or they'll forget the little box that uh, their charger plugs into to plug into the wall. Uh, and and I was reading something uh, earlier this week that said uh, if you ever are... Uh, needing a charger uh, and you happen to be visiting a hotel, just go up to the front desk and ask them if they found your charger and they'll pull out a whole box a box of them and, uh, because people just typically lose their charger and forget them. And uh, they'll have all kinds of different chargers there for you to choose from uh, if you're not squeamish about using somebody else's charger. But uh, we all tend to leave things behind. Some people forget their glasses, uh, especially those people that use these reader glasses like this that I've uh, started using. You know, they only cost like a dollar or a couple of dollars a piece, and, and you don't wear them all the time like uh, regular glasses. So you, you put them on, you take them off, you put them on, you take them off, and you set them down. And a lot of times you tend to forget where they are. You lose them and all that kind of thing. Other people uh, forget other stuff. Stuff. Uh, uh, you know, you, you set your keys down or your uh, uh, some of you ladies that don't like carrying your purse, but you carry your keys and, you, and a wallet, you'll forget your keys and set them down somewhere and, and walk off without them. And I don't see how you get very far without your keys because you got to have your keys in order to, to drive your car and that kind of thing. But uh, people forget those things and, and uh, forget them all over the place. And it's a, and one of the things that, that we don't really think about a whole lot is, is what will we leave behind? And I'm not talking about just your glasses or your keys or something like that. What do you leave behind? What will be the evidence of you being on this planet? What will you leave for your family? What will you leave your children? Uh, will you leave a legacy? Will you leave... Uh, maybe some of you think about a, a, a business that you have that you want to leave for your children. Or maybe a, it's a home that you uh, have been... Uh, pouring all of your resources into and you want to someday be able to leave that house to your children or maybe it's something else like a, a big bank account or a 401k or investments and in, in stock options and that kind of thing uh, I don't know too many people that have those kind of things uh, I don't run in those kind of circles but uh, you know there's a lot of people that do think about uh, the inheritance that they're going to leave behind for their children but I think it's more important for us to consider and think about more important things that we need to leave behind. Uh, what kind of a person are you going to leave behind in your children? Are you going to uh, the, are you going to, to uh, many times a lot of people don't realize that their children are almost a mirror copy of themselves. Yeah, they, they might not look exactly like you but you know it's fun to see people that have some distinguishing things in genetics like uh, redheads you know if you have uh, uh, 
a redhead, two redheaded people that get married, and and you know you got all their children, and they, every one of them's got a little redhead and freckles and all that kind of thing. Or maybe uh, some, a lot of times, uh, blonde hair is is a genetic uh, trait that gets passed down from generation to generation. You see, you know these little blonde headed, little toe headed kids that that come as a result of of that union of of two blonde haired people, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of times uh, people don't realize that the way that they act and react with each other are exactly how those children will act and react when they get into a relationship. A lot of times when I counsel uh, young couples that are getting ready to get married, I I tell them at the beginning of their relationship, I tell them, listen, uh, you need to make some decisions before you enter into marriage. And one of those decisions is, is how are you going to fight? And they look at me kind of strange because they think, you know, well, wait a minute, we're coming here to talk to you about getting married and we're talking about all of that and you're talking about fighting. And I say, and I usually uh, tell them, listen, every couple is going to have disagreements. Every couple, no matter how uh, good you think your relationship is, no matter how close you think you are, when you're getting married, you are going to have a disagreement and you are going to fight. And I tell them, listen, if you tend to fight by going and slamming the door after you exchange some harsh words, then uh, you need to take into that account that you're going to teach your children when you have children that that's how you fight. If you fight by uh, hurting one another physically, uh, as much as you might not want to do that, just realize you're teaching your children to do that uh, as well. If you teach your, ch- uh, if you fight by just closing yourself off and not saying anything at all and just uh, building a stone wall in front of your uh, spouse and you don't say anything at all, guess what? That's going to be how they fight. That's going to be how they do. Uh, you're teaching those things with your actions and the way that you bring up your children. Uh, one time my parents got into a disagreement and my mom uh, went storming into the bathroom and she's going to kill me for telling this story. Um, but she went storming into the bathroom and she ripped down the shower curtain. And uh, I thought it was because they were arguing about uh, my dad taking a shower. And... Uh, uh, that wasn't the argu- what the argument was about. Uh, uh, my mom was planning on changing the shower curtain, but I associated their argument with her going and ripping down the shower curtain so he couldn't take a shower. And my mom explained to me later that that's not what was going on and, and uh, that wasn't the issue. But, uh, you know, it's the things that, that happen. You, you don't realize what children pick up on. You don't realize the things they hear and the things they see until it's many times too late. Until they're starting to exhibit some of the worst characteristics in you in their relationships. And then you realize what you've done. By then it's too late. What we want to talk about today is... is establishing some traits in your children and your family by changing some things in yourself. And that's the easiest way to do it, is you want your children to, to raise up 
and have a good relationship with their family, with their their own children. You want them to have a good life. You exhibit the kind of life you want your children to have today. Look with me. (coughs) Excuse me. Look with me in your Bibles. And uh, this is going to be uh, Matthew 22, verse 37. That's where we're going to start. Jesus has been questioned by some Pharisees. They've been trying to find something to to get Jesus on. Isn't it it just awful how the Pharisees always tried to find something that Jesus, uh, that they could hang on Jesus and and cause some problems for Jesus. But uh, this is uh, a series, there have been a series of things that the Pharisees have asked, and this is the last in this group, this is the third one. And they thought they wanted, what they were trying to do was find something that they could try and, and trip Jesus up with, but also they wanted to find out what kind of a teacher he was. So they asked Jesus, they said to Jesus, what is the most um, important commandment? Now, if Jesus talked about the commandments as Moses gave, then they'd say, okay, well, he's a very traditional uh, rabbi that's teaching the principles that we uh, adhere to and we think that's great. Um, or if Jesus had said something else completely different, they would have said, well, he's being radical. He's trying to rise uh, people up against uh, the establishment of the temple and the church and all of that and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and so we can go up against him. So they kind of asked Jesus uh, let's get down to it, Jesus. What kind of teacher are you? What is uh, the most important? What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus says in verse 37, look with me if you will, uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. It's, and this is also in, in Mark and in Luke as well. And they're a little bit different uh, versions, but they all say the same thing. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. <clears throat> Does that, Boy, that sounds awful familiar. Does that not sound like something that we just recently read? Yes, that, this is basically Jesus quoting what every one of them recited at least twice a day in their homes. Every one of them understood to be the most important commandment, the commandment that every one of them uh, would, would know by heart and know immediately the Shema, uh, which is what we've talked about is in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so uh, they kind of said, okay, Jesus is, is kind of falling in line with us. Jesus is doing what, uh, what we think is important. But Jesus didn't stop there, did He? Well, if you stop right there, it sounds like He's agreeing with them wholeheartedly. But Jesus goes on and He says something else. He says, uh, and the second is like unto it. And this kind of piques their attention. They say, okay, Jesus is telling us the most important law is what we all agree is the most important thing. The Shema, the thing that's found, uh, the commandment to Israel uh, that Moses gave us. What is the second one? And he says, the second one's like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. 
Well, the Pharisees couldn't uh, convict Jesus of anything there either because uh, this is a commandment that God gave in Leviticus 19, verse 18. Uh, This is something else that they all knew and they all understood. It was all uh, from their history of, of understanding the law and they all knew that this is something that they should be doing. But Jesus is kind of bringing these two laws together and He's trying to help them to understand if you want to have a good uh, home life, you want to have a good family life, you want to raise your children up properly and you want to have the kind of a home where everything is centered as it's supposed to and everything's doing right. Listen to me. If you want to have a family that's that's going the direction that God wants you to go and everything is going right, He says you need to follow these two laws. He says you need to follow the one law that says that you are to love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Everything that's in you, you need to focus on loving God. And he says, secondly, we need to also love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, these, these are things that we all know as well. We, you and I could probably have uh, been asked the same question and probably would have given the same response that Jesus gave uh, because we're all familiar with this. But the problem is, is that we don't understand how it all fits together so many times. And so last week we talked about how important it is to put God first in our life and how so often we put other things first. We put our relationships with our spouse or our relationships to our children as first. A lot of times people will put their jobs or they'll put their occupation or they'll put uh, their financial situation as first and foremost. And how uh, and and it seems as though the world kind of moves with, with how much money you have and how much uh, money you're able to put into things and how much uh, you're able to, uh, to have things. And, and the world is really... Uh, listen, there's pressure for even kids that have nothing to have a good cell phone nowadays. I mean, uh, you go to some of these campuses and instead of seeing kids running around uh, throwing Frisbees in the quad, you, you see kids uh, running around and all they're doing is looking at their phone. They got their phone in their hands and they're doing stuff. And the way that you know what they think of is in terms of uh, outside recreation, playing Pokemon Go and going outside and, and trying to get those Pokemon on their phone uh, by going around. And there's other games that are like that, uh, that they go around and doing stuff. And, and they're all uh, going about their th- uh, their business, but they got on their headphones and they're looking at their phones. And, and uh, some of them, if, you, if you're in the right place at the right time, you might even see somebody uh, trip and fall into a, a fountain because they're not watching where they're going because they're looking at their phone. And let me tell you, driving around those places is difficult too because a lot of times those kids will walk right out into traffic without even watching to see if there's traffic coming because they're so focused on their phone. And so you got to be careful. Um, But uh, every kid's status is basically determined they won't understand this and they won't see it themselves, but it's really uh, an unwritten thing. Their status is built on what kind of phone they got. Is their phone the nicest, newest model of uh, the most expensive phone? Or is it one that's that's one of the cheapest, uh, least expensive phones that uh, where you pay by the minute and you got cracks all over the screen or something like that? 
what kind of phone you got kind of determines how much priority you put into that bad boy and how much time you spend on it. And heaven help you if you show up on campus with a flip phone. I mean, you might as well not have any phone at all, right? I mean, uh, so... uh, But those things aren't the most important thing in life. God says that we're to focus on Him. He's to be God in our life. What's supposed to take all of your your attention? Your relationship to God. What's supposed to be the thing you turn to all day long? Your relationship to God. One of the things that I had to do while I was in school at seminary was I had to learn two languages that had nothing to do with English language at all. Greek and Hebrew. Now, Greek was a little easier than Hebrew only because so many of our words and so many of the things that we... the the roots of our words in English uh, have a basis in the Greek language. So it was easier to learn that, but the, uh, the alphabet, the Greek alphabet, is nothing like English alphabet. Uh, it had a, uh, at least a correlation to all the letters. Hebrew had letters that didn't have any correlation to uh, English letters at all, and Hebrew uh, was a language that's so much more difficult because you had some things that didn't make a sound at all, but you had to uh, have them as a part of your uh, word. Uh, we've got a little, a few things like that, like silent P or the silent S in some words, um, and you know we've got some things that are similar to that. But at least those letters make a noise when they're by themselves. The Hebrew's got letters that don't make any noise at all when it's by itself at all, uh, or when it's a part of a, a, a word either. And so it was, it was so hard to learn Greek and Hebrew. But one of the techniques that they taught us to learn is. is you had, uh, just like learning any language, you had to learn vocabulary. And just like learning any language, you had to uh, drill that vocabulary into your mind so that you not only recognized it, but you could pronounce it and that you understood what it was. And one of the techniques that always uh, was so important in learning a language, uh, especially those two languages, was using flashcards. I'd write down the, uh, the, those words on flashcards, and I would write the meaning on the back, and I drilled it into my mind trying to remember them so that I didn't have to look up every word that I read in my Greek New Testament or my uh, Hebrew uh, Old Testament Bible. So uh, you'd sit there and you'd flip those things and you flip those things and you every chance you get, you'd take out your flashcards and you'd look at them and flip them. I, I can remember sitting at uh, stoplights and, and, and while I'm waiting for the light to turn green, I'd look through my flashcards so that I could uh, learn those words. Uh, when I was walking somewhere on campus, I'd be looking at those words and looking at uh, what they are. Uh, kids nowadays... Uh, the, it's so simple to just take a card and write down those words and put a little ring, uh, put a little hole in the card and put a ring through it and have all your cards. Kids got electronic app. You got an app now that you can do flashcards on your phone. And the idea is, is that you're always got your phone, so you you always got your flashcards with you. Guess what? I had flashcards with me everywhere I went. Didn't matter. I always, I just remembered to carry them. But what is the priority in your life? 
What focus is, is, uh, do you have on things in your life? Do you focus on external things? Uh, the Bible tells us here, in Jesus' words, we ought to focus on our relationship to God. And then as a result, as a result of that, we begin to demonstrate how much we love God by loving others. Jesus said the second commandment was that we love our neighbor as ourself. And what we need to understand is, is that's an outgrowth of the first commandment. If we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, everything that's in us, guess what? We'll begin to love others. Rather than, uh, for so many people, their relationship to themselves is the most important thing. What do I have? What phone do I have? Where am I going on vacation? Am I able to go and do this on vacation? And, uh, and you've got others that are sitting there taking selfies of themselves. They're always uh, showing what they eat. And what. When did taking pictures of food become a thing? I'm telling you, uh, you got people that uh, go to a restaurant and they'll show a picture of them sitting at the table with their food, or they'll take a picture of just their food. Uh, you know, loving the, you know, loving the frappuccino, or loving this, loving that, and they got a picture of 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 a drink or or some other kind of thing. And I'm thinking, it's no wonder that that uh, this person isn't three feet wide with the fact that of all the stuff they're eating all the all the but they they take pictures of all these because it's all about them this is the experience i'm having these are the things i'm doing these are the foods i'm this is how i'm treating myself when we ought to be considering what am i doing to love god more what am i doing now you can use a phone to to, to accomplish your a closer walk with God, you can. Uh, it's a matter of whether or not you're the focus of your life, or God's the focus of your life. Is God the most important thing in your life? If God's the most important thing, then guess what? Then your relationship to others begins to to show that relationship to God. Because what God loves. Every, you know, it would be God. It would be easy for God to be self-centered, wouldn't it? Everybody's worshiping Him. Everybody loves Him. Everybody is, is commanded to love Him. Every, everyone is commanded to to focus on God's desire for their life. But God doesn't have sin, so God can't be self-centered. And so God doesn't have a, a self-centered uh, attitude about Himself. What He wants is, is for your life to be better. He wants your marriage to be better. He wants your children to be better. So if we focus our love on Him, then we begin to act like Him, like your children do when, you, when they learn how you argue and how you love uh, your, your, your spouse and how you lo- uh, show love towards other people. And guess what? You begin to teach your children what's important in life. When you teach your children uh, that... And when you demonstrate to your children that you love God with everything in you, then you are teaching your children it's important to love God. Then when you love God, guess what? You begin to act like God would have you to act. You begin to take on His traits. And so you begin to love other people because why? Because God loved the world so much that He was willing to even give of Himself and send His Son to die on the cross. 
for our sins. Even when we didn't love Him, He first loved us and sent Jesus to die for us. And so when we begin to understand that and we begin to love others, uh, the second commandment's no big deal. It's easy to love our neighbor. It's easy to love the p- other people. Why? Because we're beginning to demonstrate the love of God in our lives. It's easy to love others more than even loving ourselves, because we become more and more like Christ. We become more and more like God in that we love others, in that we demonstrate love, that we share love. Jesus says the, this is how the, these two commandments hinge on uh, all the commandments in the Bible, all the things that the prophets taught hinge on these two commandments. Because if we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, then we put God first. There's no other God. If we love God with all that is in us, then we, uh, then we fulfill the commandments that God has given us. And then if we love others like we love ourselves, then we're not going to have to worry about any of the other commandments that relate to our relationship to others. This all is about how we live. When we love God with all that we have in us, then we're living vertically. We're living, and this is our relationship to God vertically, from, uh, from God to us and us to God. And then when we love others as we love ourselves, it's lo- loving horizontally. It's how we relate to each other. And really, that's the whole of the commandments, as Jesus says. First five commandments in the, uh, in the Ten Commandments have to do with our relationship to God, living vertically. The last five commandments deal with how we deal with man, our relationship horizontally. And when we get all that right, we come back to the cross, living vertically, living horizontally. It's living like Jesus. This is how we can have a good home. This is how we can have the kind of home that God desires for us. This is how we can raise our children the way that God would have us to raise them. Let's pray.